for Nerds by Nerds production. What are those intoxicating sounds? Why, Master, it's the Four Nerds by Nerds Halloween Spooktacular! Welcome back to the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. I'm Josh. Ben isn't with me currently because I'm recording this intro separately, but... Today we are bringing you our interview with comic book writer, artist, creator, Dave Swartz. He is promoting his incredible new comic book called Confederate Monster. It's a story of Igor, or Igor, however you say it, escaping Transylvania and making a new life in America during the Civil War, only to be dragged back into his old experiments due to the Confederate Army wanting to resurrect their soldiers to win the war. It is fantastic. You can read all of issue one online. I'll be sure to put the link in the description below. Make sure you follow Dave on social media everywhere. His artwork is fantastic. His writing is phenomenal. Uh, Just really great stuff. Even if you're not into comics, I suggest you you take a look at this because it's just fantastic. So, without further ado, let's get right into this interview with Mr. Dave Swartz. Alright, so we are joined today by an incredible comic book artist. His, his new comic book, Confederate Monster, is amazing. It is set in, during the Civil War and is about Igor fleeing Transylvania and coming to America to become a war surgeon. If, if that. We call a reconstructive surgeon. Reconstructive so surgeon. Specializes in prosthesis. Exactly. Repairing wounded soldiers. Yes. yes. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No, it's totally our pleasure, man. Yeah. Would you, before we get into it, would you like to give a, a brief synopsis of, of what your book is officially about so I don't butcher it? <laughs> uh, you know, actually, you, you did a, a good start. Uh, so it, it, we basically followed the, the Igor or uh, Igor character. Um, you know, after the Frankenstein's monster is you know brought back to life and runs amok through the village and um, the doctor is locked up in an asylum and so he uses the doctor's wealth and connections to abscond to uh, the new world where he reestablishes himself with all that he has learned, being the assistant to this mad scientist, uh, to be a reconstructive surgeon um, and kind of transform his life and, and create you know, a new life for himself, um, very much like I think a lot of immigrants at that time coming to the new world. So, um, But after many years of hiding, uh, the Confederacy discovers that he has this, you know, sordid past and connection to um, this mad doctor who could potentially uh, recreate their dead army. That's amazing. It's uh, when you met you, we, we were messaging and you told me the, the breakdown of the comic book. I'm like, did he like read my fucking mind and make a comic book just for me? Like, <laughs> this is everything I want. <laughs> like, oh, God. I amazing. love, I love Universal Monsters. I love that whole world. Like, I don't care if it's made by Universal. The whole Frankenstein, Dracula, all that, that universe, just endlessly fascinates me. And I'm 
always happy to see it go in a different direction. And what an interesting direction to take it. What what made you decide to go with with Civil War time and and focus on that period and have that be the adventure? Sure. Um, well, I, I you know I think that for me. Um, I wanted to explore just a different time period and a different style. I had seen so many books that tackle uh, World War II and Vietnam, um, some that even go, you know, into World War One. I. I think when Wonder Woman came out, you know, everyone's like, oh, World War One's really cool, you know, era. We should try to make a story about that. And then all these stories started to come out about that. So, um, you know, I, I kind of just looked around at history because I'm, I'm kind of a uh, my previous work uh, was Feast or Famine, which starred an alternate version of Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein partnered together. Um, so it was kind of like a, an interesting twist on history. Um, so I wanted to kind of explore that again. And, and I, I don't know, something about the Civil War just drew me in. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's my, my love of, of 90s film in that uh, Wild Wild West with Will Smith, there's something about that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And I'll be honest, that really inspired, like, my my style for the book you know um there there's just um something that i thought worked really well um for um these characters these frankenstein characters plus it was it was a little closer you know what i mean like i i could you know say take frankenstein and, and push it into you know world war ii or you know whatever um but i i thought you know why don't we try to like play around with this time period a little bit because the original Frankenstein story is supposed to take place, I think almost like a hundred years before the civil war. So I wanted to, you know, just play around with the time period a little bit um, and, and also play around with the technology. Cause I thought it'd be interesting to kind of, you know, update the technology a little bit, maybe even play around with, uh, you know, more high technology um, stuff that you may not necessarily have seen during the civil war, but you know, it's a fun comic book, so I could do whatever I want. Right. So what issue does the giant mechanical spider come in? <laughs> <laughs> no Joel Schumacher spiders for this one. Oh, shucks. All right. It is, it is a fantastic parallel when you take Igor and the fact that he knows what it's like to be an outcast and to be shunned. And then you bring him to America during the Civil War and he hates slavery. Mm-hmm. And you can tell is because like he knows how it's like to be treated differently. He's not, he knows how it's like to be spit on and everything else. Like when I, when I read that section of the issue and, and he's basically having to like shake hands with all these, these Confederate soldiers that he hates and they're, they're sitting there questioning like, why, why don't you have slaves hosting your dinner party? And he's all, he has to be all like cordial. And then the second they leave, he's upset and drunk and pissed off. And it's this, <laughs> it is, it's, it is one of those things while reading it. I was like, this makes perfect sense for it to be set in this time period. Right. And, and I'm glad you kind of picked up on that, you know, cause yeah, that, was, like, um, that was something I, you know, in, in the stories that I write, I really tried to, to add a lot of different layers, um, not only to the main characters, but just to the story itself um, and how it relates to our culture. Um, so I, I thought that, you know, when, when trying to just play around with how this plot could go and how I could, you know, play around with these characters and create these scenes um, and what kind of stories I wanted to tell. Because, you know, when I originally created the story, you know, this was years and years ago. So it hasn't it had nothing to really do with the current sort of um, climate, you know, that we're in uh, with the Black Lives Matter protests. So 
Um, when I, you know, actually sat down to start writing the scripts for this, you know, that was very much going on. So a lot of that was, you know, in my brain um, as I was writing these scripts, as I was writing these dialogues and, and trying to put myself inside of the head of these characters, especially um, Igor, because, um, you know, he's the most complex. He's got this very, you know, sordid past. Lots of bad things have happened to him. He, like you said, he, he knows what it's like um, to be under someone's thumb. Um, so to, to actually go to a, a place thinking that he's going to find r refuge, um, but then only to find that a couple years later, this war breaks out, you know, because I, I wanted to make it seem like he didn't get there when the war was going on. He got there before the war happened. It just, you know, happened to be he landed in Virginia. So, you know, I wanted to almost speak to that, that kind of conflict of, 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 you know, your soul almost being someone that lives in the South during that time, but doesn't necessarily agree with exactly the brutality of that lifestyle. Um, so I wanted to explore that a little bit, and I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's such a subtle but powerful social commentary when he's talking to his wife and he's saying, we need to leave, we need to move out of here, we need to move away from the South and get away from the Confederates, they're evil, mm -hmm. and they, they, they love enslaving people, they, they're they're no good and she's like i can't leave like eventually the war will be over and then slavery will be over and everything will be fine and it's such a broad broad way to look at a situation and then he turns around as the opposite side of the coin and goes even when they get rid of slavery like you can't take it out of these people you can't take the hate out of these people they might have to stop owning slaves but they're not going to they're not going to change and that's an incredible social, especially for now, for these times now with all the things that are happening is, you know, not to get political, but like sure. that is how people feel right. when you, when, when you kind of blanket statement, the situation and go, well, police just need more training. And, but then the people on the streets are like, well, it's not going to change the people. It's not going to make them not hate people. Like it's not going to change their actions based on, their actual feelings and thoughts. So it, it is, yeah, I, I very much enjoy that aspect of it. Appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that is a theme that kind of runs throughout, uh, I think the whole story, um, is, is this idea of, you know, um, social hierarchy and, you know, who's above who and, you know, whose talents are more valuable than others, you know, um, you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting to me is, you know, Victor, uh, uh, the mad scientist for all of his genius, for all of his knowledge, for all of his work, you know, he accomplished all these great things, but, you know, really one of the other stories I wanted to explain in, in this, in this book is that, you know, Victor may have accomplished a lot, but, you know, wait till you see where he wound up versus, you know, Igor, who has, you know, taken a different route, you know, he's, he's not all about his own, you know, power, right? He wants to actually try to give something back, especially to people he, like you were saying, he doesn't necessarily love, he doesn't necessarily love these Confederate soldiers. It's just his way of helping another human being, even though he may not agree with them. Well, and he sees the way it actually is. Right. Because he's not saying these evil soldiers, he's saying like, and multiple people say it. it's this war is brother versus brother. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, people who are just, this is what you do. This is what I'm in. I'm in the army. This is who, you know, this is who I'm told to fight. And he sees it as, you know, basically 
pawns are getting are getting destroyed for the betterment of the higher power like well and it's also i think a commentary on um the relationship between igor and victor because you know in that you know first issue I, i explained that you know victor has asked him to do some horrific things in the name of keeping his experiments a secret so you know he knows what it's like to essentially follow orders and to be a soldier um, and to almost be a bit disillusioned by that, you know, um, and to understand, okay, I've been through that already. I know what that experience is like. I want to try to create something different. Um, but yet he's being thrown back into all of this turmoil because the Confederacy wants to, you know, re- him to reiterate their army. So he's doing everything that he can to survive this situation while at the same time knowing that he can't do this. So it's a, it's a very, I think uh, an interesting kind of um, struggle within the the main character as this story continues and develops. So um, one of the interesting things that I picked up on was the, the way uh, Igor was, I don't know, because his dad had beaten him till he was handicapped and then uh, Victor helped make him a whole person again. Right. So that's a story I've never heard from, or the side I've never heard. So his backstory to me was really interesting. And I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, making him whole again, making him attractive again, and making him to where someone could love him for who he, for who he is or who he is on the outside versus what he did uh, back in his past. Sure. So he made a, I'm going to say a superficial outside Mm-hmm. Um, even though there were still, I'm, I'm assuming with the art, cause it's hard to see on the phones that we were looking on, but there, there's scarring on his face. Yeah. Like, he, um, like he, subtle he, scars. Right. So um, the way that I envisioned it was Victor, or I'm sorry, um, Igor was born a bit deformed. So he kind of had like a, a bit of a hump back um, right. or a twisted back. Um, he had like a, a, a weird kind of eye thing going on. Um, so he already kind of had some just birth defects going on. Um, but because of that, you know, that's what kind of fuels his father's rage. You know, he, his father wants him to be the strong, you know, man, but he's just not. Um, so his father gets drunk and beats him every night. And the scars are kind of that last little remaining reminder for him. And it's not something that was intentional by Victor by leaving that. But I just sort of did it as a way, I think, of saying, like, okay, Victor can do a lot, but he can't necessarily fix every little thing. So I just kind of wanted to show, like, he's got little scars underneath his eyes and then one little scar, like, here on his lip. Um, And I just wanted to kind of show that, okay, yes, you know, Victor can do a lot of things. He can repair his back. He can kind of, you know, fix his face a little bit. But there's still little remnants of the person that he used to be showing on the outside, um, not only to remind us as the reader – uh, but I think just as a, as a, a, a kind of a, a visual cue um, as you go throughout the story um, to kind of remind yourself that this guy, you know, he, he still wears a lot of who he is on the outside as well as on the inside. I like the fact that his wife, regardless, is like, oh, you're, you're lucky you're so handsome. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Even though we know who he is, that's fantastic. And I think it's because right. she loves his whole personality versus just, you know, the scars and whatever yeah. comes with it. Right, because that's another, I feel like another commentary about the monster character and the parallel between Igor and the monster that I'm trying to make is, you know, they're, they're both kind of seen as monsters on the outside. Igor had the fortune 
from Victor to be fixed. So he doesn't necessarily have the same angst, I would say, that the monster might. Um, right. But again, a similar type, I think, self-deprecating um, character trait that I thought was important to kind of express. And I'm super excited that it's set because I'm a super, I, I am I'm big on period pieces and mostly Civil War period pieces. I absolutely love watching them, reading about them. A very big interest. I spent a lot of years in the South, and mm -hmm. so I just I can relate to that part of it. And sure. I, I think it's just it's just fantastic writing. It's, story was easy to follow. Uh, I mean, just I wasn't. What's the word I'm looking for? I wasn't trying to hurry through it. I'm like, ah, I can enjoy the page. I can enjoy the reading. And I wasn't like, what's next? Hurry up. Let's get this done. It's like, oh, yeah. God, I can't wait to see what's next. Right. And then what? you leave it hanging at the end. <laughs> it's funny. Brother, because... I'm going to tell you. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I wanted but... to flip to the next page, and there wasn't yeah. one. <laughs> so, um, well, it's funny because, like, I when I originally kind of created the the opening, you know, um, issue, um, I I had an I, I had a kind of an idea in my mind, um, and then I was like, okay, well, that's a little cliche, though, you know, like, uh, and, and I can actually say this because I I put this out on the internet. So the the end of the preview, um, you kind of see like. Igor gets a package and the package is a severed finger of his wife because his wife is kidnapped by the Confederacy. So um, I thought that was cool, you know, but I'm like, that's just not like, I've seen that a million times. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, what's in the so, box. Yeah. I wanted to like wrap <laughs> it up a little bit more, you know, so that I, I wanted to, to do another kind of twist at the end. Cause Originally, I thought, okay, I could end an issue there. And I'm like, no, I want to just, I want to add more. And I want to make this first issue really long and just make it feel like it's a, it's kind of like that, that really immersive, almost like a movie. And then you kind of, you know, move on into installments after that. Um, but no, yeah, that, that big reveal at the end of the first issue and, and the dialogue, the, the last words that are spoken uh, by the Confederate general, I thought were just like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I, seriously looking, I, I want, I wanted it to keep going. My phone stopped scrolling and I'm like, no, there's gotta be more to this. I can't, I can't stop here. What's, what's he doing to me? So it, it's interesting enough to where I I'm, I'm hooked already. And the cliffhanger is big enough for me to say, let's do a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already in it for the movie. So. Well, that's how well, you said, you said you, you, wrote it out like that to be like a movie and that's all i could think when i was reading it is that it is so immersive it was like watching a tv show yeah and and just it's it is incredible on its own it's even more incredible that you do it all by yourself <laughs> because it's so well written and the art is amazing and it i mean you you literally in 20 pages get attached to all of these characters. There's such character development and it's so fun seeing, especially a character like Igor who everyone just kind of knows is this like hunched over kind of peasant. And it's so f incredible to see him transformed into like a, a powerful character. Like a socialite. You know, and um, right. just to like, and that's why, like, the ending is shocking. And even though I, like, saw it, like, when he got there 
and then they get down into like the basement. I was like, oh no, and I can see where. And then, but still, when it got to the the end page, I was like, I fucking can't believe it. <laughs> this is like it's so heartbreaking. I literally said no. I was like, no. Oh god. <laughs> well, but uh, I, the subtlety of uh, her wearing that. Josh pointed this out, and I remember it as well. Uh, her wearing the uh, Frankenstein's wife's wig at the party. I mean, th- just the you push that in there, and it's like, ah, I see what you did. Well, again, like that's that's my style of storytelling. I, I like to add lots of little layers, lots of little things. Yeah. You know that that upon you know a second or third or fourth read, you know, um, God forbid that people will just see it and go, wow, like I didn't see that before. That's cool. You know, because that's what I love. Right. So I feel like any creator out there should, should create the stuff that they love to see themselves. Right. Because that's, that's the thing that's you're passionate about. Um, so I, I love doing that kind of stuff, little, little Easter eggs to, to make the story that much more deep. It was definitely deep. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fully invested. So let's, I can't wait to see where it goes. <laughs> right on. Well, I'll tell you what, if you guys want, I can actually show you some stuff from issue two. Um, oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll kind of show you some, some black and white stuff. And then I'll kind of just go through the Patreon as is, as like a, just a quick like teaser for people yeah. that aren't you know, able to see it. Um, but there's some, some stuff cause in issue two, um, it, I, I say issue two is all about introducing Victor. Um, so we, we try to, you know, slowly kind of build up to, to, uh, him joining the story. Um, but there's a couple of different ways that I, uh, explore that character. Um, so, uh, nice. without further ado, let me, so this is, um, this is the beginning of issue two. This is a, a two page spread of the lab that they're creating inside of the um, hidden Confederate bunker. Um, so my, like I was saying before, you know, I, I was having a lot of fun trying to, to play around with the, the technology um, and the, the architecture and kind of trying to blend um, a lot of these Gothic elements together. Um, with technology that you may, well, I shouldn't say may, that you would not see during the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I wanted to make Victor to be almost like a Tony Stark of his time, you know, a guy who just, you know, had already invented electricity, had already invented, you know, crude methods of wiring and technology that would not have been seen during the Civil War. Um, but, but again, I, I always thought it would be interesting to explore, um, you know, how the process of how to reanimate this guy um, in a different way, you know, because we've seen all kinds of different, like, um, you know, electrodes in the neck and like the monster himself is like part mechanical, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I explore some different techniques and, and different methods um, that I don't think have been really explored um, that are, I think, actually a bit more rooted in reality. Um, so, but I don't want to get into that because that's uh, much further into the story. Um, but I'll just jump over and show you, oh, this is our reveal of Victor. I just want to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Victor has obviously lost his mind. That is um, incredible. He's terrible. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So the, the okay. whole, before this, um, 
we have several scenes of Daniel doing experiments on rats, trying to reanimate the rats. So when we get to Victor, I thought it would be kind of a cheeky, fun thing to just show him just like biting the heads off of rats. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is uh, kind of my, my vision of Victor um, as he is. Um, I think this is about um, five or six years or so after um, he's thrown into an asylum um, after, you know, his crimes against humanity, if you will. Um, but yeah, super fun. I could, I could read this in black and white. Uh, it's just beautiful. Thank you. Um, you know, I actually, so I'm doing a Patreon right now as I'm, you know, building the book. Um, but then as, the, as I get close to the end of, of that, um, I'm going to start to do a, a crowdfunder for um, a printed version. So I, I have a lot of ideas for what I want to do, um, but my, I have two main goals. Um, and my main goals are I want to make a hardcover um, bound version of it, a very, you know, very professional book. Because um, I just, I love trade collections of comics in this hardbound beautiful book it's just to me just not only is it a really great presentation but i think it really would help to sell the story you know i think it would just really work well for the story uh, but then my second goal is i want to do a black and white version i really do think a black and white version would be very cool um so i'm, I'm glad that you feel the same way because uh, yeah I'm, I'm into this it. it's and i'm old school so uh, it's very reminiscent of uh teenage Mutant Ninja turtles when they first came out in black and white right and i i mean i was there from the ground up you know i was around when they first hit the shelf and I was like, oh, God, that's amazing stuff. And this is this is right there with it. This is absolutely on par. Well, two, two things on what you said. Sure. is The first thing I thought when I was done reading the first issue was, I can't wait to get this in a trade paper bag. Yep. <laughs> you know, to get, to get the whole story. Because yeah. this, is, this is just amazing. And then to see it in black and white like this, the first time I saw, I'll show you exactly what i'm talking about the it's one of the first pages the confederate soldiers being blasted apart by gunfire i'm sure you know you drew it yeah 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 the first thing i saw thought when i saw that is the walking dead comics and seeing seeing that black and white picture because the black the the Walking Dead comics a lot are in black and white. It just, that it looks amazing. <laughs> and that's exactly like, and that's the feel when I was thinking like this could be a TV show. I was thinking like that, like the reveals are perfect. The twists are perfect for an episodic show that is adult and just feels like that and is brutal. Like, <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I want to see this on uh, on the big screen, <laughs> or at least, or at least in. Some form, Some form yeah. on, on, on video. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect the way it is. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. Wow. Uh, I, I didn't come on thinking I would be showered with so many compliments, so I appreciate it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, we're, we're nerdy people, but we haven't read a ton of comic books, like, for different reasons. Like, I grew up poor and my parents refused to buy them for me. So, <laughs> uh, so now when I get to, like, I still, I don't think I have what, I don't have the nostalgia of like little kids have of like sitting down. Like I used to sit down and read my comic books and trade with my friends and stuff like that. I don't have that. Right. So a lot of times just picking up a random comic book, I'm like, 
I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know where to begin. I don't know the history of what's going on in the story arc right now. So one, it's fun to have something from the beginning, Mm -hmm. but two, this is just so much better than so much stuff I've seen. Like I, I'm not trying to toot your own. Yeah. To, you know, blow smoke up your ass. Like this is really amazing. Like I I wish everyone hearing this, like you all have to go check this out. The artwork is incredible. I mean, and you doing this all alone, you don't cheap out either. It isn't like I have to rush through this. So, you know, the walls will be blank and everything. Like every single frame of this has so much detail. I mean, his office alone, there are pictures all over the wall. There's stuff hanging off the roof. It, I mean, it's just amazing. The, the big splash picture of the, of the party they're having is just incredible. It's so colorful. It's so detailed. I, I just, I can't get over Like I'm going to tell anyone that reads a comic, I'm in a comic book based podcast group on Twitter and I'm going to tell everybody about this. Like, please do, because uh, I, I, I'm right now. This is this is my main gig. You know, this is the thing. I, I'll be honest. Um, I, I kind of quit my day job just to do this. You know, and I, and I, that's scary for a lot of people. It was scary for me. It still is. Every single effing day, it's very scary. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, it's, it's the best decision I ever made. You know, um, I, I, I may not make as much money as I used to, um, but I'm happier. I'm way happier. You know, I, yeah. I pour all of that happiness and passion that I have for the story into it every day because there's nothing else that's going to take me away from it, you know, and, and I've made, um, you know, I've, I've done a couple of other gigs and I've picked up just because I, I, I knew they were going to be good and I, sh- and I didn't want to turn them down. Um, but, but even doing those as much as fun as they were and the client, you know, the clients were great. The relationships were awesome. I still just, I love doing it for myself and I love doing it all by myself and, and having the, the capability, you know, when I get to the lettering to decide, Oh crap, you know, this just isn't working or I've got something better. I can make this better. I have that opportunity, you know, but working with, you know, five, six other people, you have to be perfect and you have to have everything exactly the way that you want it. And if you have another idea or creative, you know, thought comes to you, you may not have the opportunity to express it. So I wanted to give myself that room, you know, to be able to just be as creative as I wanted to be and do it. Like you said, you know, without skimping because of a deadline or because somebody else needs it, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you guys are, are kind of picking up on, you know, the things that I'm putting into it. Right. Yeah. After all, to me, everything is energy at the end of the day. So, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, one last thing I just want to show you really quickly. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. And I, I don't know if many people have seen it yet. I put it on my social media. It's probably one of the only posts that I have on my Patreon that's public just because I love this piece for <laughs> so many reasons. Um, and I just wanted everyone to see it. So, um, I'm just going to switch over here and I can show you the actual kind of process of making it. Oh, wow. Oh, that is sexy. Yeah. So, um, to, you know, obviously I'm kind of giving some parts of the story away here, but, um, basically there's a, a a bit of a, a confrontation that happens between Igor and Victor in a dream sequence. And this is the creature that Victor transforms into. Um, and what I envisioned for this guy, um, is 
every experiment, every bad experiment that Victor ever did combined into one creature. So no matter how horrific it may have been, no matter how much pain his subject might've been in, you know, all of that kind of just like made manifest into this horrific monster, if you will. Yes. Um, so I'll just sort of like go through um, a couple of different, so this is just like without the lettering, um, you know, I, I, I painted it as is like with natural lighting, but then I threw on this crazy gradient like map, which is like a, a weird way of just like throwing a bunch of different colors on top of it. And I mixed them all together to create this really surreal, like, I can't even describe it. It's a weird set of colors, but um, it just it really, I think came together and, and, and showcased exactly what I was trying to do with this scene. So here's the black and white. Oh, yeah. 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 Honey, black and white gives it so much more drama. Yeah. You know, it, and you have to imagine what it's going to look like in color. You know, you, right. You have to use your brain a little bit more, but you see all the fine details. Right. Yeah. It really brings out every like stroke of the pen. Yeah. Every line. So then on my Patreon, what I'm doing is for every single page, you get to see the process of the creation. So I have a, a red layer, which is what I would say is my pencils. Um, I mean, this is about as tight as I get with my pencils. Um, and then I have a blue layer, which is just more of a rough. So, you know, this is me working crazy fast. I'm, I'm hardly picking my pen off the tablet. I'm just moving it around as quickly as I can. Um, but then one last thing I wanted to show is this was an original layout for this page. And my original concept was I was just going to make Victor a Frankenstein monster kind of version of himself. So kind of, you know, still very much looking like Victor, um, just, you know, this hulking kind of, you know, scarred up um, body. And the more I like looked at it, the more I just thought, man, I can do this so much better. And I can put so much more thought and like creativity into this because I felt like not only was the idea flat, the composition was flat. Like everything about this to me wasn't pulling me into it. And that's when I started to play around with the, this, this idea of like, well, what could this creature be? Like, what could I transform him into? And that's when it dawned on me. I was like, well, what if like he was a manifest, a physical manifestation of every bad experiment that he had ever performed, almost like a, a, a creature that tortures him at night, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that's what came out and it turned out like a bajillion times better. And that was just because I, that's awesome. I can do better. I have the time I can be creative. I can be more creative. So let's push it. And this is what happens. So that is, yeah, it is just, I wish you could all see what we're seeing right now. Yeah. This is, this is crazy stuff. I mean, this is, I, I took a, I took a trip not too long ago. We have a comic book store about an hour from my house. And uh, I went there looking for new, you know, stuff that's not on the shelf that, you know, that's not mainstream. Right. And I couldn't get into any of it. I was like, Oh, this is all right. This is all right. And the story just wasn't riveting. And this is the first thing I've picked up since the nineties that, you know, I want more of. So, you know, kudos, man, this is, this is fantastic. Yeah, what a what a brilliant! I mean, just the concept of 
him having nightmares of Victor Frankenstein, which he absolutely would. Yeah. I mean, you go from this nothing deformed person to working for a mad scientist and the abominations that they created, like it would absolutely fuck with your psyche, you know, even if you had the most perfect life in the world afterwards, like it would still haunt you. Yeah. That's an incredible, incredible imagery for a manifestation of all the horrors that he's seen. Yeah. Absolutely. And to me, the, the Igor character, um, or at least my Igor, my version of Igor, um, you know, he's almost like a true prodigy of Victor. You know, he's almost, he's trying to become Victor. He's trying to become that man because he's seen his only role model as a father was this, you know, blacksmith who was a drunk and, you know, an abuser who essentially thought he had killed him and discarded the body with very little remorse, you know? So for Igor, you know, he, he's putting everything that everything that Victor does up on a pedestal and for Victor to have to push Igor into these places where he may want it. He may not want to do the things that Victor wants him to do, but Victor figures out a way to manipulate him into doing it regardless. It's not, I, I never envisioned it as a, as a stern father son relationship where the father, you know, says, you know, you do this or I'm going to beat you because that that's already something Igor has experienced. And I think Victor's much more, much more smarter than that. I mean, he, he can manipulate anyone to do whatever he wants. And I think that is especially true for Igor. So for me, I wanted to explore a little bit more of that type of relationship between these two men. Not so much this like, you know, master slave type thing, more of a, you know, father, son or mentor mentee, you know, kind of relationship. It's almost like a life debt. Yeah. Like exactly. I fixed you, now you're working it off. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it is, it, what, what a brilliant concept. Cause I've never even thought of the idea that Igor would be learning from Victor. Yep. That's such a, that's such a cool idea that he was actually like under his wing as like a, a, a mentor type of situation. Well, to me, it, it almost felt um, inevitable where, um, you know, my, my Victor, he, the, it isn't something where it's been maybe like, cause I, I can't exactly remember how long it was between when he started and when he succeeded in the book, you know, how long, cause I, I know it was a couple of years, um, but my Victor it's, it's decades where yeah. he's spending his whole life working up to this experiment and he, it, cause he needs to, he needs to build the technology. You know, it, the, the technology doesn't exist for him to do this yet. So he needs to spend years just to build the electrical, you know, uh, batteries to, to build the surgical equipment he needs, you know, to build it all himself. You know, he's, he's the true kind of, you know, Da Vinci of that time. So, um, it, it, to me, he needed an assistant at a certain point, he realized I can't do this all myself. I need an assistant. I'm starting to get older. You know, um, I need someone to, to help me if things are starting to go bad. And so it, it, it was almost like a night of fate that I described where they meet, where Igor saves him 
from you know a, a, a mugger in the in an alley somewhere and you know they just happen to strike up this deal where victor sees an opportunity i can help him but in helping him i can also use him for my own means yeah well and you could also yeah you can go from there and explore and like uh like dive into the concepts of even the things that he was doing may not even have been conscious to him like he could think of it that way of like oh this is a win-win situation Mm -hmm. and not the fact that like i see an opportunity here and i'm going to manipulate it to the best of my ability right which is it's while i was reading this all i could think of was a few years ago um I wrote a thick piece comparing Breaking Bad to Frankenstein. Hmm, interesting. And it's, it's very much like that from the point of view of in your story, you have Victor who knows everything. And he taught everything he knows to Igor. So now Igor can do everything that he did. It's very similar to, to Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman was just an idiot nobody that nobody wanted. Right. And that he taught him to become basically an amazing scientist without him even actually thinking he was learning anything. And then he he could take over the entire industry and make the best stuff in the entire world that everybody wanted and they were willing to kill to get him. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never put that to the the two things together. That's uh, that's an interesting commentary. So let's that'll be your next book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Breaking (laughs) Mad (laughs) spinoff. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about your artwork because it's amazing and I could see it used to make amazing things. I could see you writing a Wolverine comic tomorrow. But what what were your I mean clearly you've wanted to do this your entire life. You've been an artist. You're, you didn't just pick this up last year and say, I, I'm going to, I'd like to doodle, but I'm going to get a little more detailed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what, what were you into when you were growing up? Who were your, your, you know, who were your role models? Who did you take after what, you know, cause I see a lot of different people that who might be inspirations for you. I'm getting, like sure. I said, walking dead vibes. I'm getting even like venture brothers from the designs of the faces and stuff like that. So, so what, who, what were you into when you were a kid? What were your favorite comics? What, what really drove you? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I'm a, I will say I'm a more of a visual comic book fan than I am anything. So when I was a kid, um, I would go to the comic book store with my uncle and, um, you know, it was sort of a, a thing where he would say, pick out whatever comic you want and it's yours. So, um, you know, I would tend to just go, right towards the comic book cover that I love the best. So if, if I saw a comic that just grabbed me, that's typically the one that I would walk out the door with. Um, and then, you know, from there, I would, the thing I'd love to do, would go through the whole issue. And sometimes it was the cover, but oftentimes I would find a splash page inside that issue that I would love even more. Um, and I would sit and I would try to copy it and recreate it as best that I possibly could. Um, and I love to do that. That was my, my number one thing aside from, you know, playing with action figures and building forts in the woods. So, um, like the little kid version of a centerfold. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You pull that off page. <laughs> Every little detail. Um, no, but, um, I, I loved X-Men 
I, I absolutely love the X-Men, especially because of the 90s um, cartoon. I thought that, you know, the marriage of that together for me was just great. Um, the Jim Lee, you know, X-Men run was fantastic. I, I remember hours just sitting there drawing Jim Lee X-Men drawings. Um, I, I absolutely loved um, Batman. I'm still a huge fan of Batman, but I really got into Robin for some reason. The Robin, like Nightwing stuff in the 90s. Yeah, I love Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, like um, like the the Tim Drake stuff, I thought was really great. Um, and then uh, trying to think now. Um, so my my huge influences as far as like art artists go, um, you know, I I really love uh, Ryan Otley. He's one of my favorites. Um, I love his motion, um, his energy, his um, his or the organic quality of the way he draws a lot of his stuff. Like all all of his blood and guts and gore like oh my god it's just <laughs> eye candy for me um so I, I love that stuff i i'm a i'm also a huge fan of um francis manipal um he he's i think exclusive to dc now um but he was he's been doing a lot of interesting um techniques over the years um when i originally started out doing comics more professionally um this is about six years ago um I did a, a superhero book. It was like a metaphysical superhero um, that derived all of his powers from like his, his inner spaces like chi. Um, and so I did all of that with traditional pen and ink, um, but I did a watercolor wash over top of everything. And that was inspired by Francis Manipal because he, he did this run on Flash um, a while back that was in the early 2000s that was just crazy good. And he had this, this water, this, it wasn't watercolor, I think he did inks. Um, but this gray tone watercolor wash was just, I thought was beautiful. And when you put digital inks over top of it, it almost made the digital inks look less digital. They looked more <laughs> hand up. So I really enjoyed that style and I, I played around with that. And um, that's been a huge influence on my, my style for sure. But um, Sean Gordon Murphy, um, freaking love his his attention to detail um all that stuff you guys were talking about as far as um the backgrounds of dan of uh, igor's lab uh or, or office i'm sorry um and all the little details that i put in my backgrounds that's all inspired by my sean murphy you know because his stuff is is so well thought out he puts so much depth um into his compositions you know i, I wanted to try to pull some of that in um and then i would say the other guy that really influences me like right now um, is Dan Mora uh, doing Power Rangers. I, I, yeah, I really, that like, stuff is amazing. Yeah, I haven't read much of it, but I, I've been, I, I follow him on Instagram and Twitter and man, his, there's just something about his work that it, it really speaks to me. It has this like, uh, almost like an adult or I shouldn't say adult, more of like a, uh, an edgier comic bookier version of like a Tim Burton, uh, not Tim Burton, of like a, of like a Bruce Tim style, you know, yeah. it's kind of like a really, you know, he's still very clean. He's not, he doesn't throw a lot of Jim Lee hatch work into it, but he still has some of that like um, proportion that I really love um, that, that gives things just this, this, I don't know. It just, it, it feels immersive, right? Um, all yeah, he gives like a motion to like, inanimate objects yeah like their yeah. helmets don't change but somehow just the way he like lights it 
and mm-hmm. the angles that he chooses really like changes the emotion of the mask and right. and makes it makes the character either look good or look evil or you know very he, he somehow finds a way to put menacing faces on something that always looks the same <laughs> it's crazy yeah so so that's where i come from and and honestly the the only other artist i would say that i'm i'm very influenced by and some may not know um the artist that i worked with on um feast or famine my, my last book uh, joseph cooper um he he has been in the industry for a long time um he's worked for marvel dc image uh, all of them um and he's super super talented and after feast or famine i actually worked with him on a, um, a comic book history of basketball uh for 10 speed and um yeah that actually turned out fantastic and I think just looking at his artwork every day, because I, I, I think now between my book and that book, I've probably colored like 300 of his pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, a lot of his approach to drawing and contrast and, and style has kind of soaked up into my brain. So yeah, <laughs> that, that picture of Victor in the cell that you put up very, it looks very much uh, like Hellboy. Oh yeah, Some yeah. Like the the body looks like a, a what's this, Abe Sapien. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they kind of look like gills on the side. Like right. I'm a I'm a I, for whatever reason I, I I think every artist has their favorite thing that they like to draw. For whatever reason, my my favorite thing to draw is like ab muscles and oblique muscles. There's there's yeah. something about like the all the weird twists and turns and how everything kind of like you know, kind of overlaps. It's, it's just a fun little area of the body to draw. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that must come from your attention to detail. Right. Cause like most people would just put a flat stomach and it's like, there's a store. So right. and, I mean, you're putting in shading and everything. So, I mean, some part of your brain must just be like detail, detail, detail. This has to be more detailed and it shows it comes across in your work. It's just, it's fucking brilliant, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm really just, um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, like I said, I just finished, or I'm about to finish issue two. Um, I have one more page to go. Um, and then we get into the third issue where we introduce, uh, the new version of Igor's bride, who is a little different, uh, but very, more I can't to get that? Damn. <laughs> so listen, what is, how many issues do you, do you see this as like a finite amount of issues? Because you said you want to do a hard, yeah. hard cover. Yeah. You know, so, uh, typically when I approach my stories, I do kind of have more of like a, a beginning and an ending, you know, um, as much as I, I have ideas of how to, to take the story further. Um, you know, I, I, th- there's a very specific story that I like to tell. Um, and this one is going to be six issues. Um, and what I like to do is I like to have um, the first issue and the last issue to be a bit extra. So the first issue and the last issue are pretty, they're actually closer to double issues. So when you really like do the whole page count, it's actually closer to, I'd say like an eight issue kind of arc. Um, but it's, it's condensed down to be, you know, a bigger first, bigger last, but then short chapters in between. So there's a chapter two, three, four, and five in between that are a little shorter. Yeah. I will tell you, I will for sure own this when it's a, when it's a novel. Yeah. 
We're, so we're not getting the uh, giant-sized annual? <laughs> <laughs> I want the big poster-sized book. Uh, well, you know what? I have ideas of what I could do to maybe make a larger... Got a, is that a tier on your Patreon? We'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to keep it pretty simple for the Patreon since I'm, I'm new to it. Um, yeah. and I'm still trying to grow the fan base. And I know, I'll be honest, and I think everybody knows this, you know, Patreon is just, it's a tough sell for a lot of people, you know, yeah. I, yep. you know, um, but I'm, I'm trying, you know, I, cause I think it's important. You know, I, I, I think that it's, it's important to support artists along the way while they're creating as well as, you know, for the finished product, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and personally, I just, I kind of see that is almost a way that a lot of this is going to go. You know, um, I, I feel like a lot of creators are just going to start, you know, doing a lot of what I'm doing, doing things for themselves, building their own fan base and just cultivating their own little garden. You know, um, I don't have to have a million followers. I sure I'd love to have a million followers, but I don't need a million followers in order to live a comfortable life. So well, yeah, your, your comic isn't trying to, uh, to, to fill up the bank account of a multi-million dollar comic book company. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the same with music. Now everyone can do the same thing in their house now, basically for a lot cheaper people are just putting out their own records. Right. So it, it, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, do you have enough passion? Are you talented enough? Um, and are, are people going to pick up on that? Are, are you going to be able to, you know, I think attract enough of the similar tribe, you know, that's going to really love your stuff, you know, cause um, you know, I, I've been on a lot of, of talks with a lot of people and, and I know that, you know, we don't want to talk politics, but you know, there's, there's commas gate out there and there's people that aren't commas gate. And I think there's a lot of fans that love it and a lot of fans that don't. And personally, like, I just think that we should all be entitled to our own tribe and we shouldn't be trying to tell other people you can't do that or you shouldn't be able to do that. So that's the way I see it. And I'm, I'm just trying to cultivate my own tribe. If you're doing what you love and you're doing it the way you're doing it, you're going to find people that will love it with you. Exactly. That's the way it works. Exactly. Uh, and we have room. We have an empty space on our wall over here, so we're looking for some original art. Uh, <laughs> what's it going to take for us to feature you on our wall in the studio? Just, just let me know. <laughs> uh, listen, we can see the passion. We can feel the passion and we can, we can, we can feel it with you. I mean, I, I read this book and I was like, I, I'm just, I can see where you're coming from and I can see that you love what you do because it's in there. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing here. Yep. These conversations we have with you are things we do with our friends mm -hmm. and we decided to start talking about it. Why? And recording it. Why? Because we're just going to talk about it anyway. So why not have everybody else listen to what we have to say? And so far it's been a really good ride and it's what almost a year now. Yeah. Be a year in March, a year in March that we've been live doing this, but we we're concepting. Yeah, we've been doing it. We're almost, yeah. Our page has existed for almost a year. Almost a year. So, <laughs> it, and it just, if you love what you do, it's, it, you're going to be a success at it no matter what. So, um, absolutely. I feel you, man. I, I get you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you got fans. Number number one and number two fans right here. <laughs> so, please keep us keep us informed of every every single 
development in the in the series we can't wait to read everything you have we can't wait to chat everyone's ear off and force them to read it as well (laughs) (laughs) and you're more than welcome to come talk about it on the show anytime you want i mean that's if we're just another outlet to help you get where you need to go great yeah when issue two comes out please come back on the show and talk about that no absolutely don't make us beg (laughs) (laughs) no i'd love to come back on you guys were were fun to talk to and and uh has been a great conversation and yeah i'll definitely be back uh once i get issue two finished and you know online for sure yeah yeah uh we're we're looking forward to it man it's just i'm gonna read it again tonight even though it's tiny on my phone (laughs) (laughs) it helps me relax that's well, before you go, David, give us all your, give us all your plugs. Tell us, tell the people where they can find you. Sure. So, um, all my links are uh, at Dave Swartz Art. So D A V E S W A R T Z A R T. Um, so that's at in, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube. Um, I'm I'm on Patreon, obviously, um, and that's just Patreon.com/slash Dave Swartz Art. Um, not Schwartz with a C H, but Swartz with a W. Um, and that's pretty much all I can, I mean, you can also go to DaveSwartzArt.com if you want to, to check out my full gallery. I've got all kinds of artwork from stuff I did years and years ago, um, all the way up into the, my modern stuff that I, I just did a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, check it out, subscribe, follow. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm getting right on it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. This is such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Very Thank pleased. You for having me guys. It's been a pleasure too. You keep on doing what you're doing because we're loving it. You guys too. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll be in touch. All right. Take care. All right. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great time we had talking to Dave. We can't wait to have him back on the show to talk about every issue that comes next. What a fascinating story to be working on and and just what a creative mind this this guy has it's fantastic we hope you all loved it as much as we did be sure to follow dave on all the social media links he gave you can follow our show fmbn podcast on twitter fmbn the number four and the letter u on instagram and facebook email the show fmbn the number four and the letter u at gmail.com we are on t public just go to t public search fmbn and then click any of the links that pop up it'll bring it right to our storefront we are in the final week of the Halloween Spooktacular, unfortunately. Makes me very sad. But we have one final giveaway. It is the Michael Myers Funko Pop, the big one. And we will be announcing the winner on our Halloween commentary that will be released on Halloween itself. And to enter to win is very simple. Just get us a picture of your jack-o'-lantern. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, we don't care. You can comment it on the post that we put on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You can DM it to us. Or email it to us, fmbn, the number four, and the letter u at gmail.com. We, we don't care what it is. We just want to see it. So please send us your jack-o'-lanterns, and then you could possibly win a very cool Funko Pop. All right. So we got a couple more cool episodes coming to you this week, all culminating in our final Halloween episode, where we do the 1978 classic Halloween. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, I am Josh, and for Ben, this is the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast signing off. Stay spooky, my friends.